Welcome back to Opinionated Basketball. I'm Biko here with my partner, Charles. And today, we're just going to talk about basketball. Now, to start off, uh, the NBA is kind of money chasing. Well, not money, not kind of. Um, I don't know. I'd say high key money chasing. Because why would you schedule an all-star game in the middle of a pandemic in one of the most um one of the most like one of the most cities this one of the one of the cities that is most vulnerable to covid which is atlanta i i just don't think it's smart charles what do you think about the nba scheduling an all-star game there's no need to make an all-star game right uh all i think about all-star game is i like watching the dunk contest i like the three-point contest occasionally the skills contest is all right but the all-star game is kind of bad and all the all people will remember is you get the all-star nod that's the only thing that's going on your resume you're not getting oh you you played good in an all-star game you're great they're playing no defense I don't find there's no need for an all-star game. The all-star games are normally boring. They made this new format last year that was all right. It made the game more interesting and it made defense become more of a factor. But it felt like I was it was watching a 2K game. It was it didn't feel right. And then like the dunk contest, maybe that brings probably in more money, more watches in the actual all-star game putting that at halftime i just think there's no need to make an all-star game uh it, it might have been smarter if they had it in a bubble but they're not doing the season in a bubble so no need for an all-star game no need for any of this dunk, dunk contest stuff because it might be rigged anyway you might get flack for that so it, there's no need to do it especially because they did it in like a city a big city that people just must not it's crazy down there in Atlanta with this COVID stuff. So um, I just think there's no need for an all-star game. There's there's no need to have any of this stuff. It, it doesn't benefit you in any real way. I don't know how much money they make from a game, but I think you can forego that for the safety of the players. Yeah, I agree. And I think that uh, you got you to gotta look at your players' safety before you look at any all-star game in the middle of a pandemic, right? Because <clears throat> they have about five days, I think it's like five days or a week in between the first half of the season and the second half of the season. Why don't they play, why don't they play some of the post, why don't they have teams play some of the postponed games or some of the games that were postponed instead of having an all-star game? Like that just, it just, I, I just don't, I don't know who who's making that decision, who these people are that are making the decisions. I don't know if it's Adam Silver. I don't know what it is, but, you know, I, I just, I don't agree with it. Players, um, they, they need a little bit of a rest, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I think, I think the, the players should boycott the All-Star game, in my opinion, or at least the players who don't want to play in it. Like, you know, the, whoever, whoever wants to play in it, y'all can, but for the star players, no, nah, I don't think they should be playing in the All-Star game. That's just not smart. They should use that time to get all their players recovered from any COVID symptoms that they may have. It's not worth it to have. Uh, it, it's not worth it to do one of these. Oh, we should have the All-Star game. It might bring us some revenue. 
bring it might bring you revenue if you have all your players playing all the time so just let all those players get healthy get recovered from this virus use that for conditioning more practice if it's needed um and i think that is gonna help the players a lot more than having an all-star game all right so um next uh the lakers anthony davis got injury at injured i think he re-aggravated a hamstring strain or something he's supposed to have an mri today we'll look for the results on that hopefully it's not anything terrible uh the lakers uh their winning streak their win streak how long is their win streak like six games yeah six games six game win streak it ended to the nuggets anthony davis got in injured uh i don't know how their style of play where they just relax in the first half and uh, turn it up in the second half. I don't know if they're going to continue to do that throughout the playoffs and in more big games, but these overtime wins aren't great, especially when you have an aging star in LeBron. Uh, I know he could still probably handle it, but it's probably best for him so he won't have to do load management that you just make these games quick get it over with instead of forcing him to like double triple overtime that's not really helping anyone it's a regular season game there's you don't need to be playing that long um and then he got lebron he got warned for flopping which is good because he does it a lot no ain't no way that's good yeah it is good it sends a a message that players are gonna have to stop stop flopping or they're gonna get fine how about the refs not call it then call well yeah it didn't they they warned him because they, there's a rule that says you're not supposed to flop, and they warned him for that. I mean, I, don't think they, I mean, but why don't the rest do something instead of having the NBA jump in? Why the rest have to have to call that <laughs> at, at, uh, call that foul in the first place instead of um? Like, did they call? No, it, they didn't. Like, yeah, they called it a foul. They called it a foul. But why can't they step in since they're the refs? Since they're the ones actually officiating the games instead of whoever made that decision to warn LeBron. LeBron could keep doing what he's doing, but the, the refs just don't need to call it. Well, I think having the NBA jump in sends a message to other players that they shouldn't do it. Just because it gets called once doesn't mean it's going to change. So if the NBA steps in and enforces the rule, I think that's actually quite good so so that the players uh, will stop doing that because it, it makes the games not as fun to watch when you're getting cheap foul calls like that. And that's why I'm, I'm not very much a fan of how the way Trey Young plays and how Harden used to play on uh, on Houston, where he would just get a cheap foul that wasn't really a foul. I get you're, like, you're learning the game and using it to your advantage. Yes, that takes skill. But if you just abuse that the whole game, it doesn't make the game fun to watch. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, you're right. I think enforcing these rules that make the game more pure helps helps it progress forward yeah that's my take on it yeah i agree i just think that um if the mb well I, I think it's just up to the refs the refs don't have to call all the flopping calls like they don't have to they don't have to call him for trey young and so i don't think the nba like they don't they didn't i don't think they really need it like they didn't really need to step in because the refs have one job, and that's to officiate an NBA game. And they need to look. I think the refs need to look at, look and see. Oh, was this a flop or was this an actual foul? Like, like you can't just lean into players, right? Oh, and tr- with Trey Young, and 
LeBron and James Harden are creative and stuff, right? And I, it doesn't really get on my nerves as much as Trey Young because it's a different style of flopping with Trey Young than LeBron. LeBron, he does it when he is um like when he gets touched, you know. But Trey Young will like like create the contact and then he'll flail and stuff like and then yeah he'll fl- he'll flail and stuff and then they'll call it for him. Now I, LeBron he doesn't do that. He creates the contact um and then sells the call i think it's just way different and uh i think that trey young he just does it way differently than lebron and i I just don't like how the nba is warning lebron but they don't warn trey young or they don't warn anybody else who who might do that stuff james harden he's been doing it for four years um and the nba hasn't given him one warning so i think it's unfair for them to do it to lebron like i think they should, should they should have just sent a warning out to all NBA players um, saying that, hey, y'all need to stop flopping. Not singling out the player who gets you the most money since they're so focused on money, the best player in the NBA right now, uh, Not instead of warning him about flopping because that can make him feel some type of way. I mean, and I, I, don't, I know the NBA doesn't really care about feelings, clearly, because they're having an all-star game. But uh, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just confusing how... Um, it's just confusing how they're gonna warn LeBron, but don't warn people like Trey Young, James Harden, Luca. Uh, who else? And well, yeah, those three players. Yeah, I agree. I I don't. I think they should enforce the rule, but it when they're doing that, they need to make it apply to all players. I agree with you on that. I I just hope that that can continue in the future, so the game can get back to what it used to be. Because watching people just flail get a cheap foul that's not really a foul um like luca tried to do it yesterday against the blazers he went up for a one-handed shot he made it i don't know how a one-handed three he tried to draw the contact and robert covington who i think is guarding him or it might have been someone else but they just didn't jump towards him and luca ended up making the one-handed three-point shot but like if players can do that, if you're expecting the foul, you're it's gonna backfire eventually. So hopefully the players can adapt to it. Um, but hopefully also uh, players will stop trying to initiate the contact in such a cheap way. Yeah, I agree. I just you know I just don't like how they're singling out LeBron uh, for that. It, it, I just don't think it's it's fair really. But. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit more about the Lakers in uh, their win streak. Their win streak really wasn't as great as people hyped it up. Well, they didn't really hype it up, but it wasn't as good as as like people have said. Like this week for the Lakers hasn't been a good week because of the fact that they went to the went went to double OT versus the Pistons. Because of the fact that they beat the Thunder in OT twice in a row. Because of the fact that they had that they struggled early versus the Grizzlies. They were down twenty-two to two and just had and had to come back and beat them. Like, I just I just don't understand what it is with the Lakers. Why don't you just start off games, start off the games well, and then um and then in the second half you could rest your players if you have like a like a 15, 20 point lead. Just rest your players, um and put uh, some of your bench guys in. You don't need to be putting all this mileage on LeBron because at some point it could backfire potentially. We saw how that happened um, a couple years ago when it was like his first year with the LA Lakers and he got injured 
because the Lakers were just playing him way too much. And that, that was just what it was. And LeBron, he, I think he should just jump right out of the gate, um, just start going off in the first and second quarter, get your 10 points, keep your streak alive, and then just, you know, go back to uh, go, go on the bench, just chill and support your teammates. I, I, but the Lakers don't really need to be playing LeBron as many minutes. And I don't think they need to be playing AD at all until like I say like the last 10 last five games of the regular season to get him ready for the playoffs but I I don't think it's necessary to play AD in the middle of the regular season because the Lakers could beat any team in the NBA in a seven game series any team in the Western Conference in a seven game series since that's what we're looking at so I don't think their seeding really matters just as long as they're in the playoffs I think the seeding can matter if they have to I they don't want to play hypothetically if they fall if they're not caring much about the regular season, if they fall to the sixth seed, it's probably not going to happen. More realistically, fall to the four seed. A good team like the Nuggets or the Clippers, that no, then the Clippers won't be at the five seed. But if there's a good team, like a really good team, at the uh, four, five, six seed or the three seed, and they're at the six seed, if they're in that middle realm, uh, they could play a great team round one, and I don't think they want to do that. So I think avoiding trying to do great in the regular season can really help. And it's just, it's not worth it uh, in the long run, especially as you said, for his mileage and stuff, it's just not worth it to keep, to keep him playing all these minutes, especially if they want to win a ring. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, And yeah, I, I see, I just, I just don't see the point of playing LeBron in the second half and don't see the point playing AD at all throughout the rest of the regular season to get them ready for the playoffs. AD could still do workouts, still um, treat that Achilles. Uh, I don't and, think he should play at all. Oh, if uh, with the injury. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. yeah. I just I don't think it's really smart for him to just to play. I know he, he dropped 35 versus the Grizzlies, but that took a lot, and I think that took a, a lot on his body. I think every game is just, um, it takes a toll on AD's body, in my opinion. And I think it, like, with all the mild injuries that he gets, it's just not smart to play him. Like, it's just not smart to play him right now. Um, at least, at least to the all-star break, if you want to do that, because there's like, like seven, eight more games. There's, there's no point to play him, uh, until the all-star break, maybe after the all-star break. Uh, but even then I'd say put him on a minutes restriction and just let him, uh, just just let him, like do his thing while he's on the court. But you don't need to play him for too long. Like as long as the Lakers are a top three seed and can keep their top three seed, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Like resting LeBron, resting AD in the second half, just letting them ball out in the first half, and then you know just let them chill. I disagree with you. I think the Western Conference is too stacked for for them. I think they should rest AD for like eight games if this Achilles thing is what you would call minor. Let him get all those injuries healthy. I agree with you on that statement. But letting them just play like the first half, putting them on a minutes restriction, is it? they could slip down the West if they just be are careless with these games. They could. The West is competitive. LeBron's not in the East anymore. He's going to have to fight for these wins and fight for that seeding. Um, and seeding is going to be really important 
so that you don't make the road easier for anyone else by eliminating one of the great teams early and just leaving a, a team like the Jazz who look like who are playing amazing to get that one seed and only have to face one of the LA teams. I think they should 1000% just try to win these games while not extending these games way longer than they should because a lot of the games that they're in there are going to like triple, double overtime. They were down by like 25 to the Grizzlies at one point. They came back, but if they would have just played hard in that first quarter, played hard in the first half, they probably would have won that game a lot easier than what they made it out to be. They should just, they gotta, they have to try to go out there to win. Sometimes it looks like they're not really playing that hard to win. They need to go out there, win these games, and then give garbage time minutes to the other guys. They're they're a good enough team, especially if they're playing a team like what's well, a like a Timberwolves, like the Timberwolves. They should go out there, win the game through the first three quarters, and then they can give garbage time minutes out through most of the fourth quarter. That's what they have to do because they can't just give up these games. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna give up the, the games. Like, I mean, they did last night by seven LeBron out with like eight minutes left. Uh, but it, I mean, even then, it just they the Lakers were down by twenty with eight minutes. They're really gonna come back. I mean, they could, but you know, you don't want to risk that. And I think like if they play like if they play like when they play the Nets on Thursday, leave AD out, but play your starters the amount of minutes that you would, or close to the amount of minutes that you would in a playoff game. Uh, but if you're playing something like the Timberwolves tonight, put your guys in the fourth, the first quarter. Tell LeBron to go off. Tell him, uh, yeah, just tell him to go off in the first quarter, get a get a solid lead, and then um, just keep him out for a, a good portion of the second half because you don't want to risk injuries and stuff. And, I mean, LeBron might not want to do that, and if he doesn't, then that's fine. But if he wants to be on the court, then he needs to – I'm not saying he's not trying, but when I was watching the Nuggets game last night, it just seemed like he was being all, like, passive LeBron when he really should be – well, not even attacking the rim, like taking threes at least. Like take some shots, LeBron. Um, I just don't want to see you passing to Caruso, who was he was doing pretty solid in that third and fourth quarter, but passing to other guys who just they they just haven't hit their stride yet because the Nuggets knew that LeBron really wasn't gonna be take was not gonna be taking any shots. Like he had he had one point in the third quarter after having 19 points in the first and second quarter. Like, why aren't you scoring, LeBron? I just, I don't understand that. Like, I know you want to get your teammates open, but at a certain point, they were down by 21 points to the Nuggets. And um, and LeBron just was passing the ball. He was just passing the ball way too much. So I think that if he wants to be on the court, he needs to be that more aggressive LeBron that's taking more shots and not being so passive. You could be, you could get your teammates open all the time. I mean, that's fine with me, but the the turnovers killed the Lakers last night, and um and just LeBron passing the ball way too much to people who just weren't making their shots just really killed them in the third quarter. And that was after Anthony Davis got injured. Like Anthony Davis got injured in like the second quarter. Um, and then I mean I think the Lakers still would have lost if AD was there because the Nuggets were really on a roll. But if LeBron would have gone attack mode. If he just would have scored the ball, then I think they could have won, even with AD there. And AD himself, he has his own struggles with uh, being aggressive and being like laid back. Like he could, he could one night be 
aggressive like like i'm gonna just throw, throw out a hypothetical like let's say he's aggressive one night versus like a grizzly team right but then the next night he is he's shooting under 50 percent versus like a pistons team like i just it's just it's just weird with him in the regular season and I, I just don't know how to judge him as a player and what he's gonna do in the playoffs this year yeah i have no doubt that they're gonna continue to do well but they just need to play harder in games secure their seeding because they're a great team but they could be so much better right now if they if they play harder and try and try harder in these games uh next team yes i think they're contenders i i think they have to be contenders a lot of people are sleeping on them because they don't really have a superstar or a guy that has proven that they can get them to the promised land or it's going to give their all like a guy like a Jokic for the, for the Nuggets like LeBron and Anthony Davis for the Lakers Paul George Paul George not Paul George Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers a guy that has proven they don't have that but what they do have is a great team defense a great team offense and I think Rudy Gobert is one of the most impactful players in the league especially defensive defensively I think he should be the uh, defensive player of the year favorite just because I think I think impact. I think it should be called defensive, most valuable defensive player. I think that is my that's kind of my criteria for the award. I think he's the most valuable team defender in the NBA. He makes it so that his team defense is outstanding every night. If you watch their games, even if their offense is not great, they're always going to have one guy who's going to do their thing, and that whole team is going to pitch in and do something. And then they're on the defensive side of the ball. When Rudy Gobert is playing, 90% of the time, they're the best defense in the NBA, except for like some occasions when they're when Rudy Gobert is going one-on-one against a great center. I think that's kind of where he lacks off as a defender. He could be a lot better, but help defense-wise and making a great team defense, just stopping the rim as a big man, he's a great defender in that aspect. But uh, they're going to play the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Very interested to see how he plays against Joel Embiid. But I think that Utah Jazz team should not be slacked on. What are your opinion? Yeah, I think that um, the the Utah Jazz have really been playing great basketball. And that's a fact. Um, I'm just just curious as to how they'll play when it comes to the playoffs. Because, you know, the regular season teams are cute and all. You know, the the Bucks have been good in the regular season the last couple years. But then when it gets to the playoffs, it's like they're, they're good at first, but then they just they're struggle. The they're better than yeah. the Bucks. I think they're Wait, better what? than the Bucks. I think they're 1,000% better than the Bucks. Than the, the Bucks, Bucks the last couple years? Yes, I do. I mean, because... yeah, last year. I, I say yeah, last year, but the year before that, nah. I'm yes, not, nah. yes, they are. No. Because the coaching has always been the problem for the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not getting anywhere with Mike Budenholzer as their coach in this current roster because coaching is so important. Quinn Snyder is doing a great job at doing that. And the Bucks also relied on great shooting and like kind of streaky shooting, but it was consistent streaky shooting. And that doesn't make any sense. But they just had shooters going on all night and all night. But when their shooters were off, 
it just looked terrible because You're Mike right. Bowser did not know how to adapt. This Jazz team yeah. knows how to adapt and use that defense to do great and win these games, even when Donovan Mitchell is not having a great game. When when not all their offensive players are doing great, they still can win games, and that's something that that Bucks team couldn't do. I think that the Bucks in the playoffs in their first year with Budenholzer, uh, it wasn't completely his fault like it was the second year. Second year, really, I don't think it's completely on a coach, but because you have players still playing basketball, but if you're like calling the same sets, same offensive sets, same defensive sets, and they're just not working, you got to change something up. But the first year, I didn't see much of that. What I saw was the reason why they lost, one of the main reasons why they lost the Raptors, there are three reasons, right? One is because the Raptors had a great defensive game plan. And no, there are actually four reasons. The first reason is because the Raptors had a great defensive game plan after game two and just completely shut down Giannis, built a literal wall. Well, not literal, but they built a wall um, to defend him involving Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, and Pascal Siaka, Siakam. Um, and so Giannis just couldn't do anything, so he had to settle for jump shots and stuff. And then next was because Mike Budenholzer, he just didn't really change up anything. He just kept telling Giannis, do your thing, do your thing. Uh, make something work if you can't. And he just couldn't do it. I mean, and that's something I'm guessing. I, I don't know for sure. The third reason is because of Chris Middleton. Chris, Chris Middleton had a, like a bad, he did bad in the playoffs that first year. And he really hindered the bu- the Bucks. I almost said the Buccaneers. But he really hindered the Bucks because... He wasn't on, so then Giannis couldn't rely on him. And then Eric Bledsoe wasn't playing his best. And then it just kept going down from there. Uh, and, and so that Bucks team just really com- just really crumbled in the conference finals. But I don't think it was because, solely because of Mike Budenholzer. He did have a part in that because he's the head coach. But it wasn't all on him. I have a question. Do you think the Milwaukee Bucks, with this current roster... With this current coach, do you think they can win a championship? Because I, I don't think they can. Um, I, I don't. It think depends. It really depends. Oh, I think yes, they can, but it's it's just a matter of um, who they play. Because um, if they play a team like the Celtics, I'm not talking about that. Do they have the? Do they have the? What's the word? Do, do they have the talent? Do they have the coaching? Do they have all that? Are they a championship team with this current roster, with this current coach, with all that? Yes. Why? Uh, and it, it, it's it's because um, of this. It's it's yes, but it, it just depends on the matchup. Like if they were to play the Brooklyn Nets, I think yes, in the conference finals, then yes, I think they could definitely beat them. Yeah, uh, but. If they played someone like even the Heat, you know, if the Heat even make the playoffs and they sneak into that, you know, A seed maybe, and I don't think the Bucks are gonna be the one seed because that well they're fighting they'll probably fight with the 76ers for the one seed because they're two games behind them, but uh, if if the Heat somehow find a way to get this the eighth or seventh seed, I think the Bucks could potentially lose in the first round, potentially, but. Potentially. But what makes them a championship team? What makes them? Because you're not answering my question. I don't care about their matchups, but because any team can match up great and do do whatever. Okay. Do they have the talent? Do they have the coaching to win the championship? And what about that coaching and that talent makes them a championship? Of course, they don't have the coaching. I mean, we know they don't have the coaching, right? But 
if they just zoned out what their coach was saying, to be honest, I think they could win the championship. And the players, I mean, they have a potential all-defensive first-team uh, guy in Drew Holiday or a former defensive first-team guy in Drew Holiday. Um, and he he can lock down some of their some of the some of the other teams whoever they play his best players um, maybe Kyrie maybe yeah Kyrie because I don't think he'll be guarding James Harden Harden's really a facilitator right and we could talk about more about the Nets later but yeah um, Drew Holiday you obviously have Giannis um, who I don't think will be I, I don't think he'll be game planned around I mean he will but I don't think like the book of Nets could really stop him or anything I don't really think. A lot of teams can stop him now, uh, because I think that three point that three point game has really improved, and I think if he just hits a stride at the three point line, then in the especially in the playoffs, then the Bucks could potentially go to the championship. Um, and I don't really know too much about their supporting cast. I just know with the honest Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton, man, he's he's pretty good. He's re- not pretty good. He's really good, and it's just if he turns it up in the playoffs. That's all I need. Like he did in that game four versus the Miami Heat without Giannis. If he just turns it up, if someone is struggling like a Giannis, if he just balls out, then, you know, the Bucks can make the championship. They could beat the Nets. They could beat the, uh, did they beat, did they play the 76ers yet this year? Um, no, they haven't. I don't I, think they won the first half. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to see that one um, because I don't, I don't know what would happen there. I, I honestly don't know, but they could be any team. Any other team in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion, um, but I, I just I don't know about the Sixers. I, I have to I have to see their game first, and then we can critique, can critique it. Sorry, and um, yeah, we could go from there. But yeah, I think they're definitely a championship team. They're they're definitely a championship caliber team. I think we both can say that. But I we, we just have to. Oh, never mind. I, I don't think we both can say that. But I I just think the coaching could hold them back. But um. If Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday they're firing on all cylinders, then I think they could they could definitely make it to the championship. I think they could make it to the championship. They have to make changes, but with this current roster right now, they're shooting their bat their what their supporting cast outside of Chris Middleton and Giannis are not playing good. Drew Holiday is not being used right at all by Mike Budenholzer. He has to go. If Budenholzer can go, that's a step in the right direction. Right now, I don't have them as a contender. I think there's one, maybe two contenders, maybe four, if you expand it to the Bucs and the Celtics, but I don't think they are. Um, The Western Conference has more contenders. I don't think the Eastern Conference really has that contender contender team because every team has a major flaw in it um, in the Eastern Conference. So... I don't think they're a championship contender. If they fire Budenholzer, then maybe. If we see the emergence of their supporting cast, right, they they might be a championship contender team. But right now, they're not. They they might have a great regular season roster. I thought they were just going to be coasting through the regular season this year. That might be an excuse for their not outstanding record. Um, but Giannis isn't playing like an MVP. He's coasting, which is good to see him do. So maybe he'll step it up in the playoffs. But the team isn't good. Uh, the coaching isn't good. The supporting cast isn't good. I mean, they're good because they're in the NBA. They're a top team in the NBA. But it's not what you would want to see from them. So I don't have them as a contender at this moment. Okay. Uh, well, 
I think they are, but they just, you know, if they fire Mike Bunahose, then they're definitely a, a championship caliber team. I think they still are now, uh, but it, well, we just got to wait and see on the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be a first round ex exit unless they play like someone like a Miami Heat, like, like a Miami Heat type of team or something like that. Yeah, I think for them to even get out the second round, they're going to have to be get pretty lucky with seeding. Um, they're going to have to hope they get like a weaker seven or eight seed, like with a Knicks team who's been playing really well, or a Cavs, a younger, inexperienced team. They have to hope that they can get one of those that might even slide into the second round. Hopefully they can get one of those in the first round, rest up and get an injury-bearing team or just a team that's not great in the second round like maybe a Miami Heat, who have proven that they can beat them, but maybe they get that second chance and and maybe move ahead with it. But I don't think that they're a team that can beat every team in the Eastern Conference in this seven-game series with this current roster, without their, without their who plan. Who can't they beat? They can't beat the Nets in a seven-game series. The they Nets? Can't. They can't beat the Nets in a seven-game series. With this current roster, I don't think they can beat the Nets because the net their defense isn't great anymore they're giving up three pointers they have joe Har the nets have joe harris who can capitalize off that kevin durant kyrie irving james harden who can capitalize off that T tlc who can capitalize off that i don't care about their defense the bucks give up three pointers that's their issue with their defense they're just gonna give up three pointers and hope you miss them sometimes that works but against a team like that with an outstanding offense it's not gonna work it's it's not gonna work so I don't think they'll. I think they'll take a game, but if there's an off game by the Nets, but with that fully healthy Nets team, they're not beating them in a seven game series. They're not beating the Sixers in a seven game series either, because I don't think Giannis can. I think Joel Embiid's an unguardable player. Giannis is too, but he's easier to plan around than a guy like Joel Embiid who has been able to be a great playmaker who can kick the ball to the opposite side of the court in three seconds with it going around the horn. The Nets aren't going to be able to, um, I mean, the, the Bucks aren't even going to, are, are not going to be able to defend that if they're giving up threes. They're going to have to hope for bad shooting nights. And if you're trying to win a, and if you're trying to win a series, you can't be hoping for bad shooting nights in order to win the games. They might not even be able to beat the Celtics. That's more of a conversation. How the Celtics are playing right now, they might be able to win, but I don't think they're a team that can beat there's like three teams in the Eastern Conference, maybe even four, that the Bucks can't be in a seven-game series in my eyes. I, I think they could be the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they can beat the Heat anymore. The Heat aren't even playing great, but I don't know if they can beat the Heat based on their matchups, with the Heat's matchups and how they won and destroyed them last year. So I'm not even I mean, sure. But that team that. was different, though. How? The, the Bucks team was different. How? I mean, look at their team, and, like, Drew Holiday wasn't there. Um, Bledsoe, Bledsoe was shooting them out of games. Bledsoe was shooting them out of games. Um, Middleton wasn't playing his. What has Drew Holiday really provided the Bucks this season? Defense. Jordan Holzer hasn't defense. really Defense. Who would he be guarding in that series? Uh, Jimmy Butler. So, who's, who's guarding Bam? Giannis. So, who is guarding... Um, what uh, Precious Achua? That's his name. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez can't guard Precious. <laughs> Brooke Lopez can't. I, I don't think they can. I don't think they can match up with them. I'm sorry. I I don't think they can. 
Uh, but we can move on because I'm kind of rambling now. But we can move on to a team that I think is a contender that has some flaws still, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. They're a more complete team than the Bucks in my eyes. They're, they're closer to a championship, but they're going to need to improve their bench. A lot of people are saying that the consensus media is saying that they need to trade for another star. Well, that would be great. They're not going to be able to do that without giving up a good significant piece of their team to match salary or just to match the talent level unless they unload all their picks, which hopefully they don't do. Um, I'm not really a fan of that. I, As a fan of the team, it just makes the next whatever years unbearable to watch. So without giving up a boatload of picks, they're not going to be able to really improve their starting lineup, but trading for a guy like Bielitsa and a guy on the wing who can provide three-point shooting and cons- consistent three-point shooting off the bench uh, and a point guard off the bench, like Isaiah Thomas. I want them to sign Isaiah Thomas, but they're just going to have to make changes to their bench as opposed to their starting lineup, and then they're set. I- I'm probably biased because the Bucks can make some simple changes and become a great team. I just think that the Sixers team is more complete, maybe because I've watched them more, but I, I believe that they're a more complete team. And that's why I have them in my contenders list, what you want to call that in the Eastern Conference. But I I don't know how they can win a championship this year with this very current roster. Wait, but weren't you the one saying that Bradley, weren't you just saying that Bradley Beal, uh, you wanted Bradley Beal on the Sixers? Bradley Beal's off the table. Okay, so now you're switching. Bradley, Brad, Bradley, no, because Bradley Beal's off the table. It's it's going to be unrealistic to get him without giving up Ben Simmons. I see. Zach Levine's stock is going so high. He's an all star. He's an all star starter. Conversations. He's not. He's um, not on the table either. He's not. He's not going to be. They're not going to be able to get him without giving up Ben Simmons. And if they give up Ben Simmons for a guy like Zach Levine or Bradley Beal. It's not making them much more of a contender. It's keep, kind of keeping them in the same echelon because then they're losing some of that perimeter defense, that versatility, that ability to get a stop on your star player. They're losing that by giving up Ben Simmons. And they're losing some of their playmaking, their heart and the soul, that playmaking of that team. They, they're, they're not, all these players' stock is going up and they're not going to be able to do much without, without giving up Ben Simmons. And we've kind of seen that over the past few days. So that's why I it's he, they're off the table at this point for me as a fan. People are saying Kyle Lowry. How are they going to get that $35 million contract in? I don't see how that's going to happen. Kyle Lowry's a free agent next year. No, they're saying trade for Kyle Lowry this year. It's not smart because he's he, his, he has an expiring contract. Exactly. I they, they could sign him next year. Sure, that would be great if they could sign him for like... 15 million dollars a year i'm not sure he would do that though so there people are looking to trade for kyle lowry i haven't seen what the really the packages are because makes 35 million dollars a year so and they already have tobias harris makes a lot of money i'm not willing to give up tobias harris he's a great shot creator um on the starting lineup and that could help if we got another one but i think they just need to improve their holds on the bench and then they'll be all right um I don't think they can win a championship with this current roster right now. So who do you see coming out the East and Nets? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. Because I'm gonna have to see how every team makes changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh. If it had to be any team right now, I think the Sixers. 
But I don't think if the Sixers make it out of the East with this current roster, they're not doing anything in the championship. Oh, well, they're uh, most likely coming out with yeah. the same roster. So I, I think so. if they can, they're going to, they're looking to, uh, Daryl Morey is pursuing a trade for Bielitsa, which is going to help. Bruh, Nemani Bielitsa is a change for y'all? He's gonna help. I, off the I have for sure. I have not heard of this man's name Stretch in like big. five Stretch years. Stretch big is gonna help a lot off the bench. Bielitz is playing great. Um, that's gonna help off the bench. I think they should tr- take a flyer on Isaiah Thomas, see if he can play okay. He's a liability um, on defense, though. It, just take a chance on him. Sign him to a minimum contract. See what he can do. If not, just have him as a reserve. It's not. It's a low risk high mid, reward. Mi- medium reward it's not a high, high reward okay. it's a medium reward thing he could be great for he could be great he he also could just be there uh, it if they i think he's a free agent right now i don't think he's playing for a g league team so yeah keep him just just sign him to a minimum contract he'll come play i think they should just try it out what can go wrong what what could be so bad by signing him to a $2 million a year contract. I think they should just try that, try to pursue that trade for Bielitsa, trade for Concordmas. Sometimes sometimes he plays great, but sometimes he just chucks shots and thinks he's something that he's really not. So I think every single team in the Eastern Conference has to make changes to be a championship-contending team. However, with these current rosters, I think the Sixers are coming out the East, but I don't think that they're... Uh, what's the word? I don't think they're championship contenders with this current roster. I don't think any team in the East really should be able to win a championship with this current roster without a bit of luck. What do you think about their uh the this past week and their games losing to the Suns and the Blazers on a questionable call? I mean, I I saw that uh the ending of the Blazers game and I was just like that foul on Carmelo. That just goes. Not that just goes back to our, the flopping stuff we're talking about. Um, I don't even think it was. A no, flop. no, no. I, he I, created contact. It, it's not even a flop. He, it's just. It's just he did a, a, a mini Trey Young by creating contact, and I and think, then they caught it on Tobias Harris. He wasn't even doing anything. I think if you ask Carmelo Anthony honestly, did he deserve to be fouled? I think he would have said no. I I think he would have said no. So, did he deserve the foul? Probably not. But the game could have gone so much better. There was a lot of mistakes um, late in that game. They probably should have fouled Damian Lillard earlier because they had a foul to give. They fouled him with five seconds left. Not much they're going to be able to do with that. So, uh, the game could have been executed better. I'm not a guy who's going to hang my head over a bad call. Uh, Unless it's like in the championship game seven. I'll be upset. But... If it's a regular season game that could have been executed better, I'm going to blame it on the times that it could have been executed better and not on the referee because human mistakes are bound to happen. Okay. Um. What? Wait, but what do you think about the inbound play that the Sixers ran? Like, Because they, they tried to pass it's, it to, in, into device quickly, but then it just didn't work, and it, the ball got stripped. It, I thought the, the end of the game was executed poorly. It... it there's a better there's better ways to do it. You want to get more time to create that shot. Excuse me. You want to create more time to get that final shot off. They gave themselves five seconds to do something. Um, that defense had been playing great all night. Uh, you would, and it really gave them one option. 
because they weren't going to sag off Danny Green. They weren't going to sag off Seth Curry. Ben Simmons, unless he's cutting to the basket. I think they were down by two at that point, too. Or no, they were down by one. They lost by like two or three. They lost by three on free throws. It, it could have been executed better. Uh, you, that's all you have to really say. It could have been executed better. The whole game could have been executed better. Um, and they just had to improve, play a better game next time. I'm not going to even just say it's the rest fall because it's not. Uh, the team should have played better. Oh, okay. Um, That's going to be my stance on a lot of losses. The team, ha- There's a lot of changes that the teams had to make, and the Blazers played a better basketball game that night. Yeah, and they were down, like, they were down to the Suns that whole game. Um, I think yeah. once they switched Simmons off of Booker, it was over. I don't know what went through Doc's head, but he put Danny Green on Devin Booker, and Devin Booker started cooking. But on Ben Simmons, he shot like 20 or 30% from the field. He made some great shots on Ben Simmons, but like there was one he pulled up from the logo. Ben was very close to him in his face, not trying to foul, but you can't really guard those type of shots. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I mean, you win some, you lose some. They only play like three games this week. Lost two, but... They play the Jazz today. I think they can win. But I today's Monday. Early, right? So, like, that's the new week. Well, I'm just saying last week. Nearly played, like, three yeah. games. So, you know. I don't think there's nothing to be worried about. I mean, y'all still y'all still are a really good team. Still the first seed. So, you know. I don't think it really mattered that y'all lost the two games. As long as y'all keep mm-hmm. your first seed. But now, moving on to the Nets. Uh, they lost three in a row without Kevin Durant. Um, and... It was looking a little shaky because they lost to the Sixers. The Sixers beat them uh, last Saturday. Um, lost to the Sixers, then they lost to the Pistons, and they lost to another team. And you could tell Kyrie was just not happy with the team, with the Nets. But then, unfortunately, they came back and demolished the Pacers. Like They only allowed the Pacers to score 30 first-half points. And I was, I was just like, bro, what has gotten into the Nets? And this was without KD. Um, so, so yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of upset because of the Pacers, but I mean, I was kind of, at the same time, like being an NBA fan, I was happy that the Nets got it back together and were able to, you know, bounce back. And then since then they, so, since then Kevin Durant uh, came back versus the Warriors, they demolished them also. Uh, and they held, they held Curry, Wiggins and Kelly Oubre to five combined threes. I'm pretty sure. Or four or five combined threes on like on around like 20, 20 to twenty five attempts, something like that. I do not remember um, what each player shot. I know uh, Ubre hit one and Curry hit two, and I'm pretty sure Wiggins hit either one or two. Um, but I know Curry missed seven, so he did have twenty seven points, which was a game high. But the Nets they played really good basketball versus the Warriors, and Harden is now their new point guard. Kyrie recently said it. And you can tell that he's he's the point guard because he's their main facilitator. He had 16 assists in that game, um, and he he's he's I like I like his new role on on the uh, on the Brooklyn Nets. I think it's really I think it's really cool. Hart, you're talking about Harden, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Harden as a playmaker is probably going to lead the league in assists this season. Uh, he he has K- Joe Harris, KD, and Kyrie to pass the ball to. Uh, hopefully they they can all stay healthy because how many games have we really seen all three of them play? Feels like KD something happened with him. He got in like that car with the employee and 
all that stuff happened. Uh, hopefully that they can play together because those two are pretty fun. Those three are pretty fun to watch to play together. The defense is rough, uh, but there's games like the game against the Pacers. There's games like the games against the Warriors where they're playing solid defense. I don't know how sustainable that will be, but playing solid defense against these teams is going to get them pretty far. They can continue this, get a solid defensive center. Um, like I don't know why they would have traded the Jared Allen trade when they traded him in the Harden deal hurt them a lot because they're really missing his defensive presence because DeAndre Jordan just ain't it. Yeah. They, they need that defensive anchor and they need their stars to play harder on defense like we saw with the Pacers and I think they're going to be a really, really good team and that's how they're going to be a championship contending team or how they're going to be a championship winning team this season. Yeah, I think they should have traded DeAndre Jordan instead of Jared Allen. I would have made a Katie and Kyrie mad, and you can't do that. Um, well, that 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 was the uh, that was the whole logic around that that move. Okay. Well, unfortunately, Katie's gonna be out uh, a few more games or a couple more games or however long it takes for him to recover from his ham. He strained his hamstring. Um. So yeah, <laughs> the Nets are back to where they were a couple days ago. But hope Katie gets back on the floor as soon as possible. Um. But yeah, I think the Nets. I'm excited to see what they have. They what what happens with the Nets because they they played really good their last two games, and I just I want to know if I'm waiting to see if they could keep that up. And it's gonna be interesting to see if KD plays against the Lakers on Thursday because AD Anthony Davis won't play most likely, and then KD won't play might might not play either. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, Carl Anthony Towns just quickly he's he's back. I'm happy. He's like recovered from COVID and is back on the court. And the Timberwolves are trash. Yeah, the Timberwolves are terrible. <laughs> but well, and that was that's probably because Cat played like four games. Well, he's played seven now, but he played like four games um, because of an injury. I don't know what it was. And then you know something crazy what? after you were finished. Well, oh yeah, yeah. But, but and then and then he was battling COVID. So I'm just get, I'm glad he's back. And I, I like watching Anthony Edwards to be honest. I think. He he's a funny guy. He's yeah, he's a hilarious dude. He doesn't get talked about much um, because the spotlight's all on Lamelo Ball. Uh, but and Tyree Halliburton, my God. Yeah, but but yeah, people don't really talk about him because he's just you know he's on the Timberwolves. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's been a year and maybe a month or two since Wiggins was traded for D'Lo. Really. Cat and D, yeah, Cat and D'Lo have played like three games together. Yeah, because Cat hasn't played at all. Well, he hasn't played a lot. But that's crazy. They traded Wiggins has been playing like he's not an All Star, but he's been playing a great. Yes, he is. He's having the yes, best seasons of his career. Wiggins, he's not going to get an All Star. Well, that's definitely being Over biased. Who? No, it's being biased. Over it's who? being biased, Charles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I want him to make an All Star. I, it'd be cool to see him see him make it, but he's been playing the best basketball of his career, and the guy that they traded him, like, basically, what the Warriors did, they basically signed and traded KD for Wiggins, for all-star, all-star caliber Wiggins. That's, and when KD, when Clay comes back, Wiggins will still play great, uh, hopefully, when Clay comes back, Wiggins will still play great. That Warriors team 
I, I like Steph Curry. Uh, I, I really do. People hate on him too much. He's he's a really yeah, he's, fun he's a fun player. Player to watch. He, he you can tell he enjoys playing every night he's out on the court. Yeah. And he makes the game fun without taking away from the beauty of the game. Uh that's pretty cliche to say, but I I do believe it. Um so yeah, I really like watching Steph Curry play. Um and that with that said, I watch the Warriors a lot. I get a bunch of nationally televised games. I don't really like nationally televised games. It takes way too long for the game to end. But uh, they're a fun team to watch, and hopefully people can just start watching Curry for his greatness. Start watching LeBron for his greatness. That's something I need to start doing. But Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, watching a lot of these star players like KD, uh, Harden, Curry, LeBron, stop hating on them all the time and just watch them for their greatness. Um, just hopefully that hopefully uh, people can do that and that we'll recognize them as such great players once they're all gone. Yeah. Uh, now moving on uh, to a couple of next topics. First, Derrick Rose got traded to the next for uh, Dennis Smith Jr. in draft compensation. I think it really helps out both teams because uh, the next they didn't really play uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and Dennis Smith Jr. said he wanted to play in the G League. Well, I mean, okay, let him do him. He wasn't getting minutes. He felt like he needed to develop himself more, which is great self-awareness, but jeez, he fell off. Yeah, I mean, but it's just the Knicks didn't really play him as much because they they had Emmanuel quickly and Alfred Payton. Thibodeau Um, plays the players who are great. He doesn't care about your potential. He's going to play players who are playing playing well, and something I like about him, he's a hard-nosed coach. You're if if you're playing bad, you're not getting minutes. Yeah, suck it. Yeah, up. I mean, <laughs> you're not getting minutes. Yeah, but I, I just think uh, it's it's good for both teams because uh, I know Killian Hayes is still out, but I, I, has Dennis Smith Jr. played any games for the Pistons yet? I doubt it. I can look him up right okay, now. Okay, but I, I'm not sure uh, if he has. But I mean, he could at least get be- better, like better minutes on the Pistons or. Uh, on his new team because of the fact that um, uh, he's not on the Knicks and not sitting behind uh, two players that are just better than him at this point. He really hasn't really got the chance uh, to prove himself on the Knicks. You made a read off his stats. Who? Dennis Smith? Dennis Smith. It's terrible. I know it's terrible. Uh, So he played three games for the Knicks this season, 9.3 minutes per game. He shot 20% from the field. Zero uh, percent from three. Never made a three this season on the Knicks. Um, his effective field goal percentage was twenty percent. He shot pretty solid from the free throw line on three, and he had three points a game. He played three games for the Pistons on fourteen minutes a game. Thirty-six percent from the field, twenty-five percent from three. And sixty-seven percent from the th- from the free throw line on four point three points a game. So he's not great anymore. He he played pretty good on Dallas, but ever since he really went to New York last season, he just fell off a cliff. How many points on the Pistons right now? Four point three. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I re- yeah. I remember him. Uh, I remember I was in I was in Dallas. Um, 
and I went to go see a Mavericks game and they were playing the Trailblazers and I was rooting for the Trailblazers because they were just the better team. This was like two, two and a half years ago. Oh no, this was, yeah, this was about two years ago. Um, yeah, cause yeah, but it, it was a good game and Dennis Smith Jr. went off. He had this crazy dunk, uh, and I was, I had good seats. So, I mean, I got to see all of that. Uh, but yeah, I really miss those days. Well, I think that was before Luca entered the league. I'm not sure because I don't I don't remember seeing him play. Um, but and they won and the Mavericks won that game too, and he really played well um, versus Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Not that not saying that they're great defensive players, but you're going against two you're going up against two of uh, like a, one of the best combination point guard shooting guard combinations in the in the NBA, and he, they actually won that game. So I was like, oh, this guy's gonna be really good. He's gonna be really good look with that look with that uh take turned out i mean I, I i just think he needs more of a chance and he needs someone he's gotten his opportunity he, needs, he, he just hasn't made the most he, of he, i think he needs someone like um he needs someone to he needs someone to get like advice from like derrick henry did uh in football with this guy named eddie george he's like a a, a great he was a great running back in the nfl um yeah, I think he needs some someone like that. Maybe LeBron, because LeBron likes him so much. Um, maybe he needs to get some some advice for him, uh, from him, and just turn into that dog. But yeah, I mean, I I I don't I haven't watched much of Dennis Smith Jr. I remember that game, and I remember he was balling. So I just hope he does good in his career. At least get some six man minutes and stuff like that. I think he could really turn his career around if he just gets the proper chance or goes to the G League or something. Or, or something like that. But, you know, it's not looking good for him right now. Yeah, I agree. I think he needs some mentorship. Um, but something I just saw that made me happy, uh, the Sixers are in the market for a point guard. Two players the team has inquired about are Detroit's DeLon Wright and Oklahoma City's George Hill. Interesting. Improve the bench, and they're good. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Improve the bench. You're good. George Hill shot like 50% from three last season. That's what it felt like. Um, if they can if they can pick up him, that will be nice. And then that guy, Isaiah Joe, off the bench, use him more. He's really, really good. Um, he's one of the best three-point shooters on this team. He just doesn't get that many minutes. He gets garbage time minutes, and that's rough to see because he's so much better than that. So hopefully they can give him minutes as well. Yeah, you can continue. Um, yeah, another person on the Knicks, uh, Mitchell Robinson. He's going to be missing about a month due to injury. I'm, I'm guessing it's a hand injury. I'm not sure. I kind of forgot again. Sorry, but um, you know, all centers begin a hand injuries from from. He time. broke his hand. Oh my god, dang! I, I knew it was a hand injury. Four to six weeks. Yeah. yeah so I mean, hope he gets better. I mean, I don't hope. I I, I don't. I hope that it doesn't affect the Knicks. Uh, I mean, it's going to affect them, but I'll, I hope it doesn't affect them as much as it should. I think uh, his injury will give more time to Obi Toppin, hopefully. And uh, Julius Randle, he's balling. So <laughs> I think he's an all-star this year. Uh, should get an all-star nod, not actually playing the all-star game. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I just, I hope he gets better. Mitchell Robinson is who I'm speaking of. And yeah, uh, now a trade... Uh, it's been the, the the Raptors and Cavaliers are working on a trade uh, to send Andre Drummond to the Toronto Raptors. I don't know what the deal would. I'm trying to finesse have. a bunch of people in our fantasy basketball. Oh, you are. League. 
Yeah, uh, I, I hopefully it's how are you, an hour into this. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, they they're not gonna see this, <laughs> um, but or hear this. But Andre Drummond, they said he's not. They're gonna sit him until they can get yes, a trade bro. to work out. Yes, he messed up my fantasy last night. I was down by, I think I was down by, um, I was down by like thirty points, right? And uh, his, his game was at ten. I said day to day. I was like, oh crap, he's not playing. They said they were gonna rest him. I was like, oh, this is not that big of a deal. Then I saw today. Nah, it's because they're of trades for a yeah. while. Um, they're trying to get him to the or the Raptors. Shams, I think, said the Raptors and the Cavs have something yeah. going on. Yeah, that's what I said. Woj said nothing. Uh, so uh, it's gonna be interesting. Hopefully, they can uh, ship him off. Because, like I said the other day, I don't know how much he contributes to a winning team because their style of play is pretty outdated at this point. I think it could help the Raptors though. The Raptors need some center help. I think the Raptors should blow it up. You do? You think? Yeah. I mean, but this, it think... would only be for like one year. And then, you know, Kyle Lowry and Andre Drummond are both on expiring contracts. So I just think yeah. they trade Siakam. Siak- trade Siakam? Yes. That's He's been. Oh, uh, while we're on the Raptors, Siakam missed a game winner. He's been getting unlucky. Like, he was. He made great space. This is probably the best game-winning look he's got. 1,000%. He got a open layup, mm-hmm. and he, he blew past him. Blew the layup. Um, it went in and out. Rolled off the rim. Man. So, it, it's rough to see that happen. Um, but but it's kind of funny at the same time. As a, as a Sixers fan, I don't like the Raptors that much. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's that's it's rough for him because he, he's a good player. Um, and it would be interesting to see if they try to move him, what they could get for him. But I don't know what the market for a Pascal Siakam would be. Is it Chris Stapp's Porzingis on the Mavericks? Because Porzingis hasn't been good. I say picks. Um, but they're gonna have to get some sort of player for him. He he's better than just he. Um, four first, I'll take maybe that. four first in a bad contract. Yeah, maybe but. or maybe you could get like you could finesse a team like a. What's the bad team? I think the, Wizards. the Clippers. Oh, the Clippers have no picks. I was gonna say the Clippers could do uh, Marcus Morris in like four first, but that would set them back until I'm graduating college. Yeah, because the Clippers have no picks because so. of the Paul George stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, the Clippers have been good. The Clippers have been. They've been. They've been pretty good. Probably one of my f- top five favorite players in the league right now has is a rookie. Um, I'm gonna let you guess who that is. I've said it before. Tyrese Halliburton. Have I? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Halliburton. Uh, he's fun to watch. He tries his hardest every night. Uh, he plays. He used to stream on Twitch before he got drafted when Hollywood. Um, I'm just playing. But uh, he he's a he's a really fun guy. I like players who like to interact with their fans and just get this popularity outside of just playing. And he's a fun, fun guy to watch. He gives it his all. Um, he's not the most jacked guy in the world, not the most skilled guy in the world, not the best fundamentals in the world. But he makes all of that work, and he's a great player. So I really like watching him. Hopefully, he can be an All Star one day, because he has that potential. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'll get flamed for wearing a Tyrese Halliburton jersey, but I'm about to look it up right now. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Well, yeah, uh, LaMelo's been playing great. 
um is there anything else you want to you want to talk about this episode or are we done oh watch the g league bubble yes you're gonna talk about that but uh it just started uh it, it's very entertaining it's not normally on when nba games are on if you have espn plus you should check that out and not all the games are always on espn plus so you can normally watch it on like espnu which is for college basketball yeah. uh if you have like cable or something you might be able to watch that but ESPN Plus, it's not terribly expensive. You know, if you can get it for like one month, that it might be a it might be a good deal for you. Watch some of these games. G League Ignite, uh, fun to watch. They have Jalen Green, Jonathan Kumina, Kuminga. This guy named I don't know how to pronounce his name. Dacian Nix. He just had a really good game. Uh, um, Jared Jack. Jared Jack. Jared yeah. Jack has been playing great. Um, he did so throw yeah. some. He did throw some terrible lob off like a off. I don't think I don't know. He's if in the G that. League. Give him- no, he. <laughs> no, they literally they they, they did their tip off. Jaron Jack got the ball, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he I just threw that. a lob right out of bounds or for a turnover or something. I was like, "What are you doing, bro?" Oh yeah, there's a rule in the G that I want to get your opinion on. Um, for like the fouls, if it's like one, if you got two shots or three shots, you have one shot to make for all of those. Wait, shots. there is. Yeah, that's a rule Actually? that they're experimenting with in the G League. Oh, that's cool. So, like, if you get fouled, I don't know if I want to see it in the... Uh, no, definitely not. In the NBA. No, it, because I, I like it Um, with the big... They did it with the big three. You know that league with yeah. Ice Cube? Yeah, the 3-3 uh, three, three yeah. league. With the old yeah, people. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. The, the G League bubble is interesting. I don't think I've really ever watched a G League game until this year. Yeah, so, only on 2K. Right, yeah. If you wanna if you wanna check that out, I I suggest it. But other than that, I think that's gonna wrap it up. Yep. All right. Peace, Peace. out.